I'll turn this damn bus around. That'll end your brisket, little field trip, pretty damn quick, huh? Hey there, everybody. Dabs and Coffee. Tony here doing a little solo mini episode today. It is uh, April 14th. Uh, I believe this is episode 17, the way we've been counting them. Um, Going to go ahead and just get right into uh, some of the stuff that I looked up uh, prior. We always make a little script just in case uh, we're able to get together. And even if we're not, I like to have a little something to go off. So let's get into it. We're, uh, we're going to get right into the... Uh, the few news items that I did go over earlier um, that I thought the uh, the listeners out there might be interested in as you are listening to Dabs and Coffee. This is episode 17, and be honest, we're still finding our footing, um, trying to steer it a little more towards what the title of the show suggests, and hopefully we're able to get together in uh in person at some point in the near future um please check out the uh the website uh it's just dabsandcoffee.com there's a uh facebook site as well and uh, uh do whatever you do when you go there and tell other people to do that too so uh you can tell i'm a real tech guy here's some cannabis news and this is actually this is why this show is a fucking service man because i don't even like sports but i got some sports news here for you because it's cannabis related uh the nfl bows to marijuana's new status <laughs> oh i love it i wish that i had uh i love the, the fact just the image the nfl bows to marijuana's new status uh, under the new collective bargaining agreement, players who test positive for marijuana will no longer be suspended. Testing will be limited to the first two weeks of training camp instead of from April to August, and the threshold for the amount of THC needed to trigger a positive test will be raised fourfold. NFL's laxer standards are a big departure from the past, but while players will not be suspended for positive tests, they will be fined several weeks' salary depending on the number of positive tests. And then it goes into more shit here that uh, it's too boring for me to give a shit about. Honestly, I don't know anything about sports. I've just never been interested. I didn't. I didn't have no idea what any of the drug rules were. I just assumed it was a free-for-all, except for steroids. But uh, So actually, yeah, this is actually news to me. I didn't even know anybody ever got in trouble for anything. Um, I didn't think, I didn't think drug, athletes were tested for shit other than steroids. Um, and even that, I didn't know if that mattered. <laughs> Shows how much attention I pay. Uh, here we go. The trend in pro sports is to reduce the penalties. In December, the Major League Baseball removed marijuana from its list of banned substances and now treats it the same as alcohol. Uh, players are not randomly tested unless they are in a treatment program. That sounds pretty fucking logical, 
MLB. Yeah, that's cool. That actually that just sounds straight up logical. Uh, the NHL still tastes <clears throat> tests for marijuana, but there's no punishment for a positive test. Uh, players, I love this one. Players with a dangerously high level of THC in their systems are referred to the player assistance program for evaluation. So anyone on this podcast would be if we suddenly found ourselves in the NHL. Um, the NBA players must take four random tests for marijuana during the regular season. The NBA tests for marijuana? After a positive test, a player must enter a drug program. A second positive test will result in a $25,000 fine, and the third will lead to a five-game suspension. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it has to do with all the... Um, tie-ins with uh, child-related marketing. NBA is bigger, I think. I see them advertising more shit than NHL. We have, uh, Colorado has a hockey team. You can't watch the games here. There's some fight between, I, I don't know. This is news that I, fucking shit, man. For tomorrow. Ooh, tomorrow's news. <laughs> yeah, I'm one of those people that, one of the few people that doesn't know. So this is not news to anyone, apparently, probably. But I think you have to go to bars to see the Colorado Avalanche play if you can't go to the game. They don't play it on television. I don't think. But I might be wrong. Um, uh, cannabis connection to relieving constipation. Uh, the, here's some definitions for understanding that I have supplied for the listeners uh, to understand the article. And I, I, actually, there's so many things in this industry that sound the same to me that I have to hear them several times uh, in order for them to become what they are meant to be. Because cannabinoid and endocannabinoid and cannabinol and cannabis, it's all... Come on, help me out. All right, so... Endocannabinoids are substances produced from within the body that activate cannabinoid receptors. Cannabinoid receptors are located throughout the body. They're part of the endocannabinoid system, which is involved in a variety of physiological processes, including appetite, pain sensation, mood, and memory. The endocannabinoid system is a biological system composed of endocannabinoids, which are endogenous transmitters, shit, neurotransmitters, that bind to cannabinoid receptors throughout the vertebrate canal, the vertebrate central and peripheral nervous system. I can't even read typing it, cut and paste it. And because I don't know words, uh, endogenous are substances and processes that are those that originate from within a system such as an organism, tissue, or cell. So having read all that, I already forgot everything that I just taught you. So please uh, write in and remind me what just happened. 
One of those endocannabinoids is an important physiologic regulator of gastrointestinal motility. Um, psychopharma psychopharmacology researcher Ethan Russo, MD, said a lot of people note easier bowel movements after cannabis. This can alleviate both constipation or diarrhea associated with irritable bowel syndrome, a presumptive clinical endocannabinoid deficiency syndrome. THC also positively alters the gut microbiome, and this effect should not be discredited. I never heard about that last part. Um, Word of caution. For people with constipation not related to stress or pain, Cannabis could potentially worsen the issue because it can suppress muscular contractions and secretion in the colon the same ways in which it can help with diarrhea. The seventh day, I want sending bowel cancer. The girl had done her homework. No, no, I want bowel cancer. That's your favorite too. Try to slip it by me, eh? Um, here's a little story that I took from the Westward. It's our uh, little free paper out here. Uh, Amendment 64 co-author reflects on Colorado's marrow wins and losses. Uh, this is with Brian Vicente of the law firm Vicente Cedarberg. Uh, they helped write Amendment 64, which legalized recreational marijuana in Colorado. Um, so I just went through a few. I, went, I read the whole article, but there was a few here that um, I thought more or less People had read less about than the others. Um, medical marijuana businesses have taken a big hit since recreational legalization, with several suburban towns not even allowing medical marijuana businesses within their borders. Why is that? A lot of medical patients have migrated into the recreational market. Purchase limits are different, but they can purchase similar products in visit shops visit shops frequently. They also don't need to go through the hassle of getting a medical card. So I think that's why we're seeing this transition and some communities are seeing the potential for more tax revenue. I think that's I think there's a belief by local governments that dual licensing can lead to additional levels of bureaucracy. There's all these little things you need to deal with having both Distances between points of sale and all that, which can cause some regulatory headache. Um, at what point did hemp become a major player in Colorado's cannabis space? When we were campaigning for Amendment 64, I said there were three things voters needed to know about. It would stop arrests for adults possessing small amounts of marijuana. It would create a structure allowing states in a regulated atmosphere, and it would legalize hemp. No one ever wanted to talk about that third point back then. It just wasn't as sexy or interesting. But we did become the first place to legalize hemp, and we've seen a lot of businesses develop in Colorado since, and nationally. Again, Colorado is blazing this trail. I think this is an area that will continue to grow and morph, perhaps in some ways that folks don't realize yet. That's certainly 
There's certainly emphasis right now on the CBD and medical side, but the industrial uses and environmental aspects are going to be so important to our world in coming years and decades as we struggle with climate change. We've also seen amazing movement at the federal level over the last several years. Now hemp farmers are eligible for stimulus funds from this $3 trillion federal aid package. Cannabis growers are not. It's more of that fucking confusing language. Cannabis, marijuana, hemp. So, fuck. So he, he's, he's saying cannabis growers as in marijuana growers. But hemp farmers are eligible for the stimulus fund. Um, do you see a point where hemp takes more of your energy in the future? Is there a peak coming for hemp or marijuana in Colorado anytime soon? Both industries have strong fundamentals. If you look at what happens during economic depressions, medicine and vices do very well. I like that because I thought that. <laughs> he said it. And I was like, yeah, all right. Well, at least someone else said it. Whether it's guns or whiskey, people are stockpiling. Although I view cannabis as medicine, it has recreational purposes, and I think dispensary sales will bear fruit. Hemp's ability to get federal stimulus will allow those businesses to have more leeway to grow during a down economy. Let's see. Fuck it. We'll move on to coffee news. Here's one that uh, I think listeners will like because, uh, I don't know, you're listening. Uh, Tool frontman Maynard James Keenan's wine company aims to offer its own coffee roast. Maynard's Arizona-based winery, Codacious Cellars, or Cad, I don't know, fuck, C-A-D-U-C-E-U-S Cellars, has indicated that the company's signature roast, and not just a rebranded coffee bag, will arrive by 2022. Um, oh, so the company is... Claudius Caucasus Cellars, the, the, his, his vineyard's called um, Merkin Vineyards. I think that's kind of funny. Merkin? Look up Merkin. Just do it! Um, in a separate response, the winery itself was quick to point out that Keenan's non-tool music group, Pucifer, has its own branded coffee. I didn't know about this. Colorado company Novo Coffee are the roasters behind the Pucifer Whole Coffee Bean, which came in four different blends when it was first released. I didn't look further into that. I'm sorry. You'll, you, just look it up. Just do it! <laughs> Maybe it's still out there. Pucifer. That's the band. Uh, P-U-S-C-I-F-E-R. Here's some psychedelics news I found interesting. Ibogaine! Shows promise in battling opioid addiction. I don't even think I've ever read that word outside of a Hunter S. Thompson book. Ibogaine is showing great promise in treating addiction and has demonstrated the ability to block opioid withdrawal symptoms and drug cravings, helping drug-dependent patients transition to sobriety. Iboga and its derivative Ibogaine, this is spelled I-B-O-G-A-I-N-E, is like ayahuasca and peyote 
known as a traditional and ceremonial psychedelic medicine that's been used in West Africa for over a century. Um, ATAI and DEMRX, D-E-M-E-R-X, are applying to run an FDA Phase II clinical trial on opioid-dependent patients. The company will look to demonstrate how ibogaine triggers receptors and neurotransmitters in the brain. As a Schedule I drug in the United States, ibogaine is seen by the U.S. government as having the potential for misuse, as well as having no currently accepted medical use. The latter point can be disproved within a structured clinical environment, which FDA's trials will seek to do. Um, Anyway, that's cool. Ibogaine. Um, I don't remember what the difference, the, the effects are supposed to be versus ayahuasca versus peyote versus or, or, uh, mushrooms. So, somebody get on that. <laughs> Second, please, God, give me the answer. Uh, in news, news. <clears throat> Uh, Trump administration released a propaganda video blaming everyone but themselves for their failure to respond to the COVID crisis. A Virginia pastor who defiantly hailed church service dies of coronavirus. I, sorry, it's funny. Uh, Boris has left the building. UK's Johnson leaves hospital with a negative COVID test. So... I don't, I don't know anything about Boris if he's a good or, good or bad guy. Um, and last point of news. Is fishing allowed in Colorado during the stay-at-home order? Yes. So that's really the news. Um, or all I cared about. Everything was COVID. You know? And uh, we're trying to not uh, be so fucking depressed uh, all day long after reading about Nothing but death. So, try to give a little levity to, uh, I don't know, your day. Tomorrow will be the most beautiful day Brandon Castle's life. His breakfast will taste better than any meal you and I have ever tasted. Um, well, hey, hopefully next time I talk to you, be back with uh, DJ Paul, Eric, or uh, whoever the hell else I can uh, convince to waste a little of their time to, uh... I don't know, hopefully bring some entertainment and uh, maybe accidentally teach somebody something. So, uh, hey, man, everybody stay, uh, try to stay healthy and uh, seriously wash your hands. Just wash them. Good God, wash your hands. And I will talk to you again soon. Bye-bye now. He's trying to convince people. Well, other doctors mainly that they're these teeny tiny invisible bad things called germs that get into your body and make you sick, huh? He's trying to get doctors to wash their hands. What is this guy? Crazy? Huh? Teeny tiny invisible, what do you call uh, uh, germs, huh? What?